Welcome to Prima's 2017 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Molly Wurras will discuss managing liabilities created by third parties. Molly is a partner at the law firm of Copen Erdu. She practices with the firm's insurance coverage and healthcare litigation groups. Molly has represented clients at the state and national level in matters involving complex insurance coverage issues. In addition to her work in the insurance coverage area, she also represents not-for-profit nursing homes in the defense of litigated claims. Molly has authored articles for the Illinois Association of Defense Trial Counsel on issues relating to the duty to defend and coverage in construction defect claims. She has also presented webinars for her clients relating to cyber liability insurance and preparedness, social media issues, and insurance record retention policies. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Enjoy the podcast. Molly, thank you for joining us today. What types of third parties are likely to create liability for public entities? I would say that the short answer is any person or company who the entity works with can create risks for liability. That can include any contractors that the public entity could hire, everybody from janitorial services to construction companies to IT service providers, as well as entities that you might partner with to serve your constituents. It can also include anybody who leases or rents space from the public entity who might create a premises liability type issue. And it's not just people who work for the entity, but uh, people who hold themselves out as affiliated with the entity. Just to give you an example, our firm works as counsel for several townships in Illinois where we're based. Uh, Here, a township is a level of local government that often provides a lot of social services to seniors, to children, uh, to lower income families. And that can sometimes include referring people to companies where the township may have partnered with private businesses to actually provide those services. And so when we work with townships on those types of relationships and managing their risk, we always think about the fact that anybody using the services or coming to the township property, they don't know that that all these other parties are outside contractors, um, you know, to the public using services or to any, you know, public person who's interacting with a public entity, they just see the face of that public entity and they think everything is part of the town or the city. And so if somebody gets hurt, I, you know, for example, with one of our townships, they run a senior shuttle, um, a bus service. And so, you know, to anybody who gets injured on that bus, they don't realize this is a private bus company that the township is contracted with. They're just going to say they're filing their lawsuit against the township. And so, you know, those are all areas where public entities have to realize that by hiring a contractor, you're still going to be on the hook when those third parties cause harm. How can public entities reduce their risk for liability created by parties with whom they have contractual relationships? I think the answer to that is during the negotiation process, more in the decision to hire an outside organization or partner with a private company and deciding between the two parties who really is in the best position to control the risk. You know, the example I touched on before when when a private entity is contracting with a transportation company, you know, you want to ask yourself questions like, Who's going to own the vehicles? Who's going to hire and train the drivers? Who's going to supervise the routes? With other types of of contractual relationships, who's going to be the party that's in the best position to control 
the risk of a loss. And so what we always talk with our clients about is building into those contracts then the responsibility for the party that's in the best position to protect against loss to actually take on that responsibility in the contract terms and to make that an essential term of the contract. So public entities should look at all of the contracts that they have with parties that they work with, whether companies that they hire or businesses that they partner with, and make sure that those contracts include a couple different provisions. The first is a defense and indemnity provision, which is language that essentially says if a person or a, a other business um, gets hurt or injured, that the contracting party is going to take responsibility and defend and pay any damages. Um, in other words, indemnify the public entity against those those claims. The second type of provision that the contract should include are insurance requirements that require the contractor or the vendor or, or whoever the, the entity is that the public entity is working with to go out and purchase insurance. And that insurance should ensure that both the contractor is covered and also that the public entity is added as an additional insured to the policy. Um, there's lots of different ways that these uh, defense and indemnity provisions and insurance requirements can be added or negotiated in contracts. And so I think it's important for public entities to work with their legal counsel or um, their other contracting advisors to make sure that they've got terms that, that best position them in the event of a loss. Are there any other steps public entities can take to shift their liability risks involving third parties? Yes, we always work with our clients, including our public entity clients, to get the best contractual and insurance um, provisions in place to protect them in specific relationships. But we know that there are some relationships where these types of things are negotiation and a vendor or a contractor may be unwilling or unable to take on those obligations. You know, you may have a vendor who says, well, if I'm going to go out and purchase insurance with you know, $3 million in liability coverage, then the price of my bid has to go up significantly and we want to be cost conscious about that. So there are, there are other things that public entities can do on their own behalf to protect against their risk. To give you just a short example, uh, one of my local government clients is currently working with an IT service provider to build a website um, for people who are going to be receiving assistance with getting medical care. And so the website has the potential to create a portal where, you know, if it became susceptible to hackers or that kind of thing, the local government agency could face a significant risk. The IT vendor um, came back and said, you know, we're providing this service at a relatively low cost, and so we can only take on a certain amount of the liability. And so in that instance, we worked with the local government agency to go out and procure a policy of insurance itself um, that would kick in and apply to these claims. So I think the lesson for all public entities to take away from that example is if you're going to be doing work with contractors, you should also make sure that your own insurance has the appropriate terms to make sure that the public entity is protected, that your policy does not have exclusions um, or other consideration where you are left bare in the event that your contractor is unable to fulfill its obligations. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Here's some words from Prima's member services manager, Danica Williams, regarding Prima membership benefits. Prima is a membership organization dedicated to advancing the knowledge and practice of risk management in the public sector. 
Prima members come from a diverse range of disciplines, entity types, sizes, and share a variety of titles, including risk manager, human resources professional, workers' compensation coordinator, employee benefits coordinator, claims administrator, safety personnel, risk pool administrator, just to name a few. Despite their titles, there is one resounding theme among these individuals, and that is that they manage risks within their entity and importantly, risks affecting the public interest. Prima members enjoy a robust array of educational programming, risk management resources, and networking opportunities. Some of Prima's member benefits include access to blogs, podcasts, webinars, Prima's job bank, Prima's online community where members have the ability to connect, share, and solicit information directly from their colleagues, Prima's library of risk management documents, Prima's flagship publication, the Public Risk Magazine, and member discounts to all Prima events and training. Becoming a Prima member is one of the most worthwhile career investments a risk management practitioner can make, not just for themselves, but for their entire entity. To learn more about Prima member resources, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Molly and Taekwon. Can public entities work to reduce risks created by third parties where there is no formal contractual relationship with those parties? Absolutely. Um, and there are some very common sense things that I talk with both my public entity and private clients about. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to selecting contractors and business partners who are legitimate, reputable services, um, not fly-by-night outfits where um, they're there one week and the, you know, three weeks later or a year later when a claim comes in, they can't be located. And then, you know, once you've hired a company that you feel comfortable with, or, or partnered with an organization that you feel comfortable with, um, making sure that you are providing adequate supervision or oversight and in trying to take steps to ensure that that third party you've contracted with is not holding themselves out or, or marketing or branding themselves as sponsored by or affiliated with the public entity um, if you haven't put those appropriate protections into place. Um, I think the other thing is to just have good internal policies and protocols for maintaining some level of distance so that if there is a claim, the public entity is able to establish this is the work that the contractor was doing and to try to get itself out of a lawsuit down the road. What is the first thing that a public entity should do if it faces a claim involving the conduct of a third party? The thing that I would tell most of my clients if they face any kind of claim is obviously to call their lawyer to start with. And that's especially true in claims where it's a third party situation. Um, for example, the public entity receives a lawsuit for somebody who slipped and fell in a parking lot where a vendor was responsible for clearing ice and snow from that lot. You want to get your legal counsel involved and make sure that legal counsel is aware that there was this this third-party vendor um, in that example that, that you were using an outside ice and snow removal company. The second call or, or maybe you know, at the same time that you're getting legal counsel involved is to also make sure to reach out to the public entities, insurance um, or risk department, however that works, however the public entity has secured that information so that you can get your own coverage lined up to respond. As soon as you've done those steps, 
I think the next important thing is to make sure to gather all of the information that you have about the third party to pull together any contracts, agreements, paperwork, any certificates of insurance that the vendor provided so that you can start lining those things up. And once you have everything gathered, then the public entity would need to work through either through its legal counsel or by reaching out to its vendor directly, informing them of this claim or this lawsuit and making a specific request that the contractor follow through on its contractual obligation, whether that's to defend the public entity, whether that's to report it to um, the contractor's own insurance company. What is the best strategy for public entities in communicating with their employees about third-party liability risks? How can public entities work with their own employees to target and minimize that risk? Sure. And I think one thing for for public entities, like all businesses, to recognize is that there's a lot of thought that goes into putting together policies and procedures and protocols for working with third parties. But those policies, procedures, protocols are only as good as the employees who are actually carrying them out. So I think that there's a couple things to keep in mind. First is making sure that there have been training and conversations with any employees who are responsible for hiring, entering into or negotiating contracts with third parties, or any employees who are responsible for establishing partnership-type relationships. Those people need to first be informed about the potential for um, third-party liability, for those people to recognize and realize that the public entity does have exposure uh, based on the conduct of anybody who they contract with or work with so that employees are, are cognizant of these things and can make sure that they include the appropriate terms, either perhaps through establishing standard form contract terms that the public entity requires or otherwise just making them aware that that these insurance provisions and these indemnity provisions are um, in some cases going to be non-negotiable terms. I think the second thing for employees to keep in mind is once once those relationships are up and running, the contracts are in place, for employees to remember that the work that's being done by the third party is the work of the third party and to kind of keep the lines clear so that if and when a claim does arise, the public entity is able to establish that that claim arose from the contractor's work, not from the conduct of a public entity employee or those types of things. And then for employees to just continue to, to treat contractors as contractors and not as, not as employees of the, the public entity. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Molly and Taekwon. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Enjoy the rest of your day.